0: All right, this is episode 18 of the Well-Rounded Wealth podcast. Welcome back, as we always like to say. Patrick, what do you got for a goofy opening this time around? Switch it up a little bit. So
1: guys, how's everyone doing? I'd like to uh, put this on the screen if anyone's watching. Thank you, AG1, for uh, yeah, just this drink. We're not sponsored. so. <laughs> but
0: Yeah, we'd like to thank Athletic Greens for not we're not yeah they're not sponsoring this but we'd like to thank them <laughs> and we're going to pretend that they are <laughs> we'd also like to thank coca-cola and pepsi and sprite for just supporting us all the way it's amazing that we have all these incredible sponsors like <laughs> really getting into <laughs> really getting into it uh, so for this episode we want to talk about kind of living in the past this episode was My idea to talk about, because I recently went to an alumni event at my college a couple weeks ago, and afterwards, I called you about it, Patrick, because I was just thinking a lot because I had a long car ride home, and I was kind of just thinking about going back somewhere where you used to be, where you used to belong, for example, like a college where you had four years at that place, and then kind of that feeling of going back to it when... Your time is technically done there when you've graduated. Yes, it was an alumni weekend, but I had a great time, but some things I just was really thinking hard about, especially, is it healthy to come back here, to keep coming back here, to live here? Is there is there a line? And I kinda wanna explore all of those things, not just for going to college or high school reunions, but just in general of trying to live in the past. So Patrick, I have a question for you have there ever been times where you have realized that maybe you've lived in the past too much? And if there is, you, why did you realize that?
1: For me, I think the biggest kind of call-outs of living in the past are things where you kind of have the victim mentality or where you think, oh, something, something in this situation was wrong to me. So whether it's a relationship or you lost someone or uh, you got fired or, or something along those lines, I think that's where living in the past can be dangerous if you keep reminiscing over it and asking yourself, what could I have done differently or what could I have done to change this? The fact of the matter is it's not going to change because it has already happened. So I think learning the lessons from whatever that situation and then learning the lessons the right lessons are important from those situations and then taking those and moving forward to whatever your future holds or whatever the present holds and a great example of this for me is has been relationships so I'm I get pretty I would say when I when I do get in a relationship, I get pretty attached and you know want to be the best partner I can. And then when it ends, you have so much time and effort invested, and you ask yourself, oh, "What what went wrong? What could I have done better?" And oftentimes, it's not you, or it's not purely you. It's a combination of hey, your where you are in life right now, and where that person is in life right now just didn't match. And that's okay. But what, what small things did you enjoy about it? What small things did you not enjoy about it? And take that as a, as a lesson to learn going into the next relationship. So I, I think a lot of people, especially myself, just get hung up on the fact that if, if something didn't go your way, then it's your fault. And I think it's a dangerous way to think that and I was looking at some psychology studies and that can actually trigger anxiety and stress. So mm-hmm. I think just more looking at it as hey this is just a facet of life and you just got to take those lessons. But I'm curious for you what what in this situation I think specifically going back to Elon triggered that thought of hey living in the past or revisiting things that were part of your past environment what are some good things good aspects of that and what are some negative aspects of it so i would say a
0: positive a big positive is just reuniting with people that you spent that time with and getting to reminisce on that time where i was starting to feel a little weird. Maybe I was just there a day too long. Because I almost started to feel like I was back in college and not just visiting for a split second. And that made me feel really weird. Because then it almost felt like I'm trying to not move forward. And I'm just trying to stay stagnant. So going back somewhere definitely felt kind of weird to me. And I kind of had that realization just the last morning when I woke up and it felt like back back in the old times where we just had a crazy fun night and we woke up hungover and not like not feeling great which I've definitely been having much better sleep since graduating college (laughs) so just that that it brought me back into that mentality of years ago too and I was just thinking this isn't we don't belong here anymore this is this time, it's great, but the negative, I think, versus the positive, the negative is when you're trying to grasp on to the past and trying to relive the past. It's, I think it's really healthy to reunite and reminisce and have reunions. But I think when you're trying to go back and not think about what your life is, where the track of your life is now, where the trajectory of your life could be and just trying to ignore it. That's, that's just a scary thought to me in general
1: and it's scary. So I think a great point you made here is trying to relive it. I think that is where, or I'm not going to say, I think I I know that's where people mess up because we've talked in, in some of our earlier episodes about memory dividends that's the important part. Those are the times when you're with your boys or you're with your girlfriends and, and you're like, dude, remember when Jack was an idiot that one night? And <laughs> Yeah. But you don't need to relive that night or relive those type of scenarios where you're putting yourself in those situations. That happened in the past and it's great to revisit those memories because the feelings you get from those memories are oftentimes the ones you're talking about are are great. They're funny. They're... They're vulnerable. They're exciting. Whatever positive emotions that's uh, that are coming from them, nostalgic. Exactly. There you go. Great word. Those are the important ones where you you can continue to revisit those. But if you're constantly trying to relive those, then you're just going to let yourself down because one, you're not in that phase of life anymore, and two, you can never relive. Or you can never live up to the expectations of what the scenario brought you in your mind. It can be different, but it's never going to be the same as what you've experienced uh, initially.
0: Yeah, totally. I did it. I always I always <laughs> do that. You listeners know I always say totally agree. <laughs> but I do. And another point I wanted to make on that of why why do you think it's kind of rhetorical. Why do you think we try to live in the past sometimes or try to recapture rather than just reminisce? And I think fear plays a big role in it. So kind of going back episodes on our discussion of fear, because I think the reason you want to relive in the past is because you fear what's ahead. Mm -hmm. I think that's, at least for me, so maybe I caught myself trying to do that and realized I shouldn't be doing that that cuz i was so excited to go back to college cuz life has been stressful and i was like okay here's a weekend that i just don't have to worry about stuff
1: Wait, so so what brought upon the fear or you th- what do you think brought upon the fear or that notion
0: i think it's the fear of uncertainty hmm. if that makes sense or just you know how things will turn out and the stresses of pushing forward with your life. I thought this will be great to just have a weekend where I don't have to worry about that for a couple of days, you know? And once I was there and doing that, I remember once I woke up and it was time to go, I was thinking to myself, yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> then I felt all of a sudden I felt like I was wasting time. And looking back, it's good to have weekends like that. It's so it's, It's not a bad thing to do that, but I guess I'll say this. I was looking around, and I saw some other people that I could tell were, and were complacent. We've talked about this, too. You know how it just kind of feels uncomfortable when you're around people that are very complacent in their current way of doing things? And when you're not entirely on the same page, I don't know. It's kind of a feeling of discomfort. Can you talk about it? Because I know you get it too. Yeah,
1: I, I. This is one of my biggest misnomers for how I know if someone's going to be a good friend of mine, or continue being mm-hmm. a good friend of mine is if I want to be around people that are ambitious and look forward to living in uh, living for situations in the future, not reliving situations of the past I love catching up with you guys and and other people other friends on what happened in the past but only for brief moments because I'm more excited of what I can do now or in the future so that's a that's a that's so that's difficult for people our age with this mindset
0: It's difficult for everybody. There's not a single human being that's not difficult for, I'd imagine. It's not easy for me. Yeah.
1: And I guess the kind of screening I have or when I know that I'm kind of outgrowing someone is when they're constantly wanting to repeat the same actions Or same events or same type of scenarios without trying new things. So, I mean, a great example for people in their 20s is, I'm out of college. I have all this freedom now. I have a little bit of money. Let's go out to the bar every weekend, every weekend. And, yeah, it's great. The same thing with visiting Elon. It's great to do that occasionally. But if that's all you look forward to every single weekend or every time you get... uh a free, whatever it is, free time, then that's not really where I want to go. And it's great. Some people might really enjoy that. But looking at a lot of people's comments on what they wish they had done earlier in life, it's, yes, those times are enjoyable, but I wish I didn't do it as much. I wish I had focused on other things because... Now is your time as 20 or even 30 year old, if you don't have a ton of responsibilities to go and try new things, a bar is always going to be there. Trust me. Yeah, true. So they really are, but that, that, yeah, that's kind of my framework on that. And it might be a little bit contrarian because people could question, Hey, why don't you just enjoy the present and enjoy. I was about to bring that yeah. up. Yeah. Why don't you speak to that? Because I think I'm a little bit more extreme when it comes to being ruthless with my time and being like, I'm not doing this every weekend. So
0: Hmm. yeah, I'd say my kind of an error of the way I was thinking about something like my college alumni weekend was that I was, that was the thing that I was excited for throughout probably, I, probably like a month before it happened. That was the thing that I was looking forward what, to. What thing? I was kind of like just the going out, the going going back and to my college yeah. and seeing my friends and stuff, which obviously makes sense. Of course, that's an exciting thing to go back and see friends you haven't seen in a while. But I think. The error of my thought process was I was thinking, okay, get through this day because that'll be one day closer to that event Mm. rather than let's have a great day today. Let's be excited about what we're going to do today. It was kind of get through this, do this, do the things you got to do and it'll, you'll get there. So I was kind of just trying to, I was just waiting and waiting and waiting till this event happened. And that's kind of almost a living in the past, right? Cause you're you're just craving what used to be. Rather than a let's things are new. Let's crave the new. Let's enjoy try to enjoy the new. Yeah, it's hard, but let's try to enjoy it and realize I need to realize where I am right now. I would say that's kind of that was the that was kind of what made me feel uneasy. So once I got there and once it happened and it was time to go back, I was just kind of thinking, I put way too much emphasis on this weekend in my head and on this event. And now it's over. But I was thinking, okay, no, I need to get back at things. I actually shouldn't have been. Not priori- I kind of prioritized it in my head of things I'm looking forward to. Rather than I'm looking forward to making new, her, jumping new hurdles at work or making new connections or meeting new people and starting to push forward and carve out a new life.
1: So, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And a question I want to ask is do you think you set the wrong goal in looking at this weekend as a kind of, escape or a relaxation weekend do you think you went into it with i mean maybe it's not the wrong goal but the wrong intent behind it
0: yeah because i think those are good weekends to have you know even yesterday i kind of took a breather and it was really nice just to kind of sit and relax and do some mindless things that's great and i also Probably if I'm available, we'll go to another alumni weekend because my friends are going to be there. I still have friends that I don't get to see much anymore. But that's a weekend where, you know, we can plan for and see each other. So that's great. But yeah, I would say the error is I don't like the idea of I'm only doing what I'm doing now for an escape for a weekend where it doesn't matter. I'd much rather have a mindset of I want to work really hard because I like the work I'm doing, and I want to produce really good results in the work I'm doing, and take some personal pride, and have that be an outcome, and have that be a motivator. That
1: was the next thing. I was rather gonna...
0: than let's get through the week, you know. Let's even at a smaller level, you know, people that doing Monday to Friday, they're just like, I just got to get through Friday yeah. so I can the, the, go out to the bar for the weekend and just have fun. Which, again, I I don't disagree with going out and having fun and hanging out with people. That's so important. But I think sometimes for a lot of us, for me included, back in college, in class, I was always so excited for the weekend. I didn't want to be in class. I wanted to be hanging out with my friends and having fun.
1: The people who, who live for the weekend. That is
0: exactly yeah
1: that was a big fear of mine and big decision maker in mine on why i switched job because i think that's such a toxic mindset to have if you're if you find yourself in that situation and this is my opinion that i'm speaking from experience here get out of it because what are you doing it, it means that you are not excited about what you're doing on a day-to-day basis so you are constantly in this loop of I have to keep going to this job or this thing that I don't enjoy so I can have a small blip of something that feels like is in my control. And that's the weekend because no one's telling you what to do. And I've asked people about this. I've asked a roommate and other friends about this because they get to the weekend. They're like, oh, I have I, I, I like going I, I like doing stuff on the weekend or hanging out with friends. And that portion that they hang out with friends might be only five hours of the weekend. So they have an an extra forty-three hours or forty hours of, of awake time during the weekend that they're that they can be creating something that they actually enjoy to go and do. But when Monday hits, they like roll out of bed and they get ready and they're like Ugh. Get back to this job, or I gotta go deal with Susan or something like that. Susan's gonna. (laughs) Susan, that's just funny because that's my mom's (laughs) name. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Always dealing with Susan. (laughs) And just the thought of that, just walking through that situation, just seems like you're living life on autopilot where someone else is controlling your direction. And for me that's sounds like a terrible life. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't I don't want to live for a daily action where I don't love it. Yeah, and I would also say
0: that it's not necessarily a bad thing to still be excited about weekends cuz even if you do love what you're doing, one thing that I've learned, especially starting my new job, I'm doing things I absolutely love to do, but work is still work, you know, and you get tired. So it, it makes sense to look forward to just some relaxation because hard work is hard work. Even if you're doing what you love, you know, sometimes you just need breaks. So I understand looking forward to that.
1: So I'm a, a little I'm going to take a little bit of, of a different stance on this because okay there's a good quote from Tim Ferris and he says what you should shoot for in life is your average Tuesday okay meaning whatever you're doing or whatever you enjoy doing you could do it on a Monday wake up and do it on a Monday or a Tuesday and love doing that and for me I do think it is important to have those relaxation periods but I can go for a month or two, maybe three, and I could probably work every single day. And for me, work is something different than what the general population defines as work. And same thing for you with doing acting or, or video editing. The people who call work, work in the sense of I have to go do this thing that I don't want to do that someone else is telling me to do. That is where I think people define work with a negative connotation. For me, work is I'm doing something on a daily basis that I enjoy doing because I know loving this journey and loving this process of growing and learning more is going to get me to where i want to be and not only where i want to be but it's going to make me the person i want to be in the future so the people that you hear this <clears throat> you hear this term i love to work i don't think they're defining it as i love to just slave away at a computer at a desktop the people that love to work in quotations for anyone who's only listening is those people love what they do and to speak to the general population, they have to call it work because that's what people associate that task with. hmm
0: I'd say, I get what, I don't disagree, but here's, let's break down a very popular phrase that we've heard our whole lives, and it's, if you do what you love, then you never really have to work a day in your life. hmm You've heard this, yep. right? I'd imagine everyone listening to this episode has heard this. Yep. Hang on. I have to sneeze, everybody. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> Never mind. It was a false... It was, it was coming, and then it just didn't happen. <laughs> it, was like, it was about to... I felt it, and then it just didn't happen. But anyways, that phrase, you know, if you're really doing what you love, you don't have to work a day in your life. I don't think that's true. But... Because mm. think about this. If you really don't have to work a day in your life, then you're not making progress. Because you you have goals, right? If you want to be really good at something, you have to work hard and improve on your skills to get there. Let's take acting, because that's kind of an art rather than something where you're grinding things out. But it's not just something that's fun. It's so fun. And I love it. So I love doing it, but I still consider it hard work when I have to sit down and memorize three pages worth of dialogue for a scene that I'm going to be doing. That's work. It's work I enjoy doing, but I'm still working a day in my life and focusing on my craft, trying to break down my character and find the beats and think how my character is feeling through this. What would be, what is the person who wrote this what are they looking for I like to play those games too of how did they envision the character because sometimes you can tell how someone writes a character in a scene of what they're kind of going for on the vibe I like doing that stuff this is all stuff I like doing but I do still consider it work in the sense of if I want to be a better actor or be better at something I need to put in the hours and and work hard it's I'm not so It's, I guess the difference is people just go, well, I don't consider that work. I just love doing it. Which, okay, yes, and I I do too. I really, that stuff I said, I enjoy doing that stuff. Sometimes you don't always want to sit down and spend two hours memorizing lines. I like to do it, but for anyone to say that I just love memorizing things, I wish I could just sit around all day and memorize things, that's not true, that's even the best actors in the world won't say like won't wake up and say I can't wait to like memorize my lines. Sometimes probably yeah, but every day, no way. And I I just think that translates to everything. Sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you get you know, like just a little exhausted or overwhelmed. And you if you're working hard, even if you're doing what you love, then you should be. That means you're working hard towards your goals.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think it's bucketing you what you're working on under a bigger umbrella because if you get super granular with what you enjoy and what work is so if work is legitimately only when you're memorizing lines then i think that gets hard to love on a daily basis but if work is being a better actor or being an actor there are things that there are list of things that encompass a better actor so it could be body image it could be vocalization it could be comedy a bunch of different aspects so by you working on those different aspects memorization you are still working towards becoming a better actor
0: yeah absolutely
1: so I don't think it's so I think being able to zoom in and out of What you're doing and then why you're doing it is important and which is where I think those people that say they love to work, that's where they're really good at defining those actions. Because they know those actions will make them a better actor, business person, surfer, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So they don't mind or they they have different expectations and different perceptions on what the more mundane pieces of that work is.
0: I think we just have different mindset approaches to this, yeah. right now. I think we kind of do agree. What I'm saying is, it's really it is up to you to, I guess, for your perspective to consider what is work. So, if everything that you're doing is you say is towards that goal that you want, so you don't look at it as work then great. I guess the reason I don't do that is because the way that I look at it is if you want to be really good at something or if you want to be successful in anything, you have to work hard. Even if you're doing what you love, you got to work really hard for it and be very disciplined and regimented in that. So I still consider it hard work. I guess I just don't give work a negative connotation. Yeah,
1: exactly. If that makes yep. sense, I, I see exactly what you mean, and that—that's yeah. what we were saying with the people who, who go and are stuck in this loop of, I work for the weekend because work is has a negative association for me. Mm-hmm. So, like I go to work, I, I go to work <laughs> every day, but I know that the outcome of my work. Is positive. So I look forward to it. Yeah. Here's, I'm,
0: I'll get anecdotal here first. I'll come up with a scenario. Okay. I think it would be really cool to say, okay, let's say back to the acting profession. Let's say I'm on a TV show or a movie and I have this huge scene and I really want to understand my character, understand all the motivations, be really in it be in my character completely and kill it and I'll work really hard to kill this specific scene that we're shooting and there's going to be pressure because maybe it's a you have to really dig deep emotionally for this scene and there's also a lot of money that is on the schedule so you have to be tight so you have to do a good job and be prepared and have all your you can't you don't want to mess up because if you mess up and take more and more takes that's more and more time and money that your bosses. spending because in the the end of the day it's all a business right so you'll have some pressure for sure but you really want the scene to go well and you want to really do good say you put in all the work and the hours and you've done your research you you really understand your character and you've gotten to a place emotionally where you need to be to embody this character that you're playing and you kill it You, you do awesome and you're like hell yeah that was that was awesome. I'm doing what I love and I killed this. Okay, oh, Saturday's in a couple days. You know, I'd love to call up Patrick and hang out with him and catch up with him. Like, I'll take a little break cuz I want to spend some time with my friends too and just relax a little bit, maybe go out and grab a grab a drink, grab some lunch and hang out or you know, let's go to a basketball game. You know, switch it up. I so you're not looking forward to that. You're not doing the work. You're not prepping for a scene because you just want to get through it and so I can hang out with you or go to a basketball game. That's not the goal. The goal was to really hone in on my craft and do a really good scene, and I did that, and that's awesome. But now it's like, okay, oh, I have some free time. let us I'd love to catch up with my friends and spend time with the people I care about as well.
1: I... I'm honestly still working on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I I think that is a pitfall of mine. Not that I get or I guess I get too focused on something. I I do everything to the extreme. <laughs> so
0: mm-hmm. which I do too. And I know for a lot of my life I'm gonna be busy, you know. And especially in that profession, you don't you don't get weekends. You know, you're shooting six six days a week if you're on a big project that's shooting for a while you're grinding and that's great. But then, you know, once the, once the project ends or takes a little break, then yeah, spend time with your friends, but you're not doing that entire project just to pay the bills. So you can go out with your friends. Yeah. You know what I'm
1: saying? You're, you're just shifting your mindset around why you do what you do, but yeah, that, that is cause I, I mean, I could, lock myself in a room for a week <laughs> and, then, and keep <laughs> yeah. keep just going at something. But
0: I can too. I totally can too if need be. Yeah.
1: For example, last night I had a I had a buddy I met and um, you know, you go through oh, what are you doing this weekend? It's like, oh whatever. And he's like, We have this there's this charity event. If you want to come and I was like, you know what? Sure, I'll go. Uh as opposed to locking myself in the <laughs> remember the weekend. And right, those things and having those people in your life are great, especially for people who are super ambitious and have crazy goals because if I didn't have those type of people, then I probably would and then I probably would just lock myself in the room for a certain amount of time and then eventually burn out and then take a big break and then get back at it. But I guess that's more the way I operate in terms of phases like that. I go super hard for an X period of time. And then I just take a step back and like decompress for a month or something like that. So I guess mine, my way I operate is more on a macro level in terms of a micro level in terms of, okay, I'm going to work for eight hours and then take a break or work for two days and take a break I'm more like I'm gonna work for three months and then take a month break kind of thing so I think which if you look at high performers especially athletes I'll use because it's a great example and you look at Michael Phelps talk he when he's talking about swimming he knows that Every day he's not in the pool, he technically takes two days back. And here's what I mean by this. Say he takes Sunday off. He now has to swim Monday to get back to where he was Sunday. And then Tuesday, he can make forward progress. Because it's an endurance sport. Mm -hmm. And talked about this before but expanding your time horizon on what success and achievement means to you lets you have a very different way of thinking about this thing we called working towards a goal
0: yeah so we talked about in a recent episode of that what are our fears of regret and we referenced the david goggins thing where he talks about You know, my one of my biggest fears is going to heaven and I I meet God and he's got he reads all these amazing accomplishments that I made and I respond, I didn't do that, and he'll say, Yeah, but that's what you were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. That's what you could have done. That's what you had the potential to do. But I wonder what let's take it the other way, of not what people who didn't make something of their lives to that degree and make something out of it and regret it at the end. But what about the people? there are people who work so hard, some of the, most, the highest achievers in this country and get to the end and say, you know what, maybe I should have made more time for my family and for my friends. And I should have been able to enjoy the little moments with them. But I didn't make that time because I was so focused on working and grinding and working and grinding and having these accomplishments that I didn't make time for that. This is kind of I'm taking it back into that routine versus flexibility that conversation we had last week, too, because I think that's kind of what it's also getting at is I think it's both unhealthy if you aren't working hard or working towards any aspirations and just staying on a even surface, not trying to go up any hills or anything like that. But I also think it could be unhealthy if that's all you're doing. You're only focused on going up and up the mountain and not understanding that you can take breaks and sorry. And yeah, we have our passions, but you can ask yourself, what am I doing this for? If I have no one around me anymore, because sometimes you can go so up and up that, that Hill because you're just chasing and chasing because you're a hard worker, which I do think is good. But if you don't take any breaks, maybe one day you'll realize there's no one around you anymore. It's just you.
1: Yeah. Great point. And I actually tweeted about this yesterday or a few days ago because there's there's a dichotomy to this, to what you're talking about. And it's being able to enjoy the work or the suffering, but also the small little beautiful things. And I think where people get in trouble is those people that work and they just grind and grind and grind and grind. When they're not working they're so stressed about the progress that they could be making while working that they don't allow themselves to be present. And there's a good quote from a book it's called The Way of the Warrior. We will never know peace because we are trapped in the past and paralyzed by the future. So, mm-hmm. I guess paralyzed in this situation isn't the right word, but focused on the future. Those people are always depriving themselves of the present in certain situations or in the variability of situations because they're always thinking about work or the progress that they could be making Mm -hmm. and the reason i i tweeted something along the lines of that was because i was working i was going to a property and and working on that and i was enjoying that because it's part of the 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 process of getting better and getting to the goal we want to reach but then I was also driving back and looked around and saw the leaves falling it's fall it's really pretty in Charlotte right now I was like oh wow maybe this is what is is peace and what life is about it's being able to zoom in on the hard work when you're doing the hard work and being at peace with that and then also the moments that have little beauty so being around friends, being in nature, uh, experiencing something new, also being to, able to see the beauty in that. And I think that all just comes down to presence. So how intentional are you with your presence and where you are right now?
0: Are you, are you asking me or is that rhetorical?
1: No. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, well, last year. I, <laughs> both. But um, I, I think for me it was a good okay. note, but I also want to hear your thoughts on it too. Because I that yeah. that is something that I've realized. And it's not it it takes training to get to that point. Because I definitely give it two years ago. If I was if I was working really hard on something and then started driving down the road and seeing leaves falling, I wouldn't have been like, Oh wow, this pretty leaves i've been like i gotta get to this next place to do the next thing and but being able to pause and be present where you're at is 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 great and you got to be able to go in and out of that presence i definitely think
0: you need to go in and out because i'll say this a lot of times in college especially sophomore my second year of college i was very much the opposite of you well not opposite opposite because you're you're more focused on the future I was only focused on the present only focused on the present I I didn't want to worry about the future I didn't want to think about the past I was fully focused on just being present and that was great for a time you know I really enjoyed that for a time it was nice you visited a couple of times, you know, uh, I don't know what your perception was that, but I was just focused on, you know, living life, having fun with my friends, just having a good time. I wasn't focused on working really hard towards a greater goal. I was literally getting through the year and just, you know, I got, I was on like getting good grades, which I got, but I didn't I'll admit, I didn't have to work that hard for them. I just had to make sure I wasn't fucking up rather than (laughs) wanting to do well and working to do well. I was just making sure I was not fucking up, essentially. That was all I was doing for, like, the second half of my sophomore year of college. And that actually also started to get a little depressing of just wanting to be in the moments. Because then I started to ask myself, what's the point? We're just doing the same thing all the time, you know? Yeah. And It's so great I had some made some great, 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 great memories with some of my friends during that period of time. But yeah, like I, like I said, it the idea of just staying complacent and not having any trajectory, not having aspirations, I was kind of like that also was unhealthy. So as much as I think is that it's important to stay present, I think it's also important to be working towards some aspirations too. Like I get, We're getting on it the same thing, but from different angles because we both had different mindsets. We're trying to meet in the middle, I feel like.
1: Mm-hmm. So, question for you. Do, you. do you think being at peace and being present is a better way let me see how to phrase this. Is just being completely present with yourself and your environment a better way to live for you as opposed to being able to look ahead at the future and making an impact on those around you?
0: a really good question I don't know if I can pick an answer of one or the other right now because for example I'm not at a place where I have made that impact on others that I want to make you know we're on we're both on that journey right now of trying to get there so I don't I can't really answer you know I can guess but I haven't had the experience in both of those to really know what that answer is. The yeah. way I look at it, I'll say this, is that, well, let's say, let's say you just keep going and then you reach all of your goals and you get up there. You you don't need to worry about money anymore. You have more than enough to cover yourself, so it's not a stress in your life anymore. Let's say you knock that out. You're also doing something that you've really love and you got really good at it and you have admiration for it, like a lot of respect in doing in what you do. So you're known to be really good at what you do and you enjoy what you do. Well then once you get there then you're like, Oh, okay, well now I'm here. What now? So I guess I question what it's like when you get to the top and I've, or whatever your definition of the top is, because I've heard it a million times in a lot of successful people they realize it's lonely.
1: Yeah. At the top. Yeah. So there's a good quote from Alex Hormozzi on this. And he says, you've already achieved things that you said would already would make you happy. And I thought that was a good, a really good way to look at stuff. Because even it could be little things too. Uh, for me, like the Iron Man, that, that was, I, I loved that whole experience. And it was amazing Mm -hmm. to go through it, the actual race day. But when I crossed the finish line, it wasn't, it was super exciting and super fulfilling. But it wasn't this massive parade of, you know, fireworks going off, getting showered with whatever. So I was like, hmm, what of that whole process did I enjoy more? Did I enjoy crossing the finish line? Did I enjoy racing or did I enjoy training? Mm -hmm. And for me, I enjoyed looking back and reflecting on it. I, I think I enjoyed the training part more and the actual pursuit of that goal. So it's a mix of picking the right goal and then also knowing that, the journey towards that goal is the most fulfilling because that's when you're in flow. That's when, yeah. then that's when you can really hone down and be like, Oh, I I know I'm, I'm grinding right now. I know, I know I'm going at it and this is awesome. And yeah, there'll be a little nugget at the end, but I keep doing this over and over and over and over again.
0: Okay. I, I follow that completely. I do. And I guess the motive, I think, is a big factor in that, right? Because, mm. well, I'll ask you this. Why did you decide to run an Ironman? Uh, I'll answer just a sec. But was it because you just have always wanted to do one? Is it because you wanted to be able to say that you did one? Do you just... Love running and swimming and biking and wanted to do a big event that involved those. So I just give you categories, but what's your answer? Yeah, good
1: question. Uh <laughs> At the time when I decided to do it, I had the mindset of I, I saw someone do something crazy and I was like, I know I can do that. Who who's yeah. to say that <laughs> I'm not better or, or whatever? And I also wanted. For me, it was it was a two-way street. I wanted to do something hard for myself just because I enjoy doing that. And I think there's growth in it. But also, you guys have heard me say this and you've heard me say this. I like to live by this, this quote is when your mind and body are connected, your possibilities are limitless. So I wanted to do that. And that was my whole kind of driving force or why behind it is to show others that, hey, no matter where you are, you can your body is capable of incredible things and i had never i had never road biked before i hadn't swam in 10 plus years and i just run my first marathon so and granted I, i was physically fit but you can do crazy things you just need you just have to realize that you're the time and the effort that are required to get there. And reflecting back on that whole journey, it's I, I enjoyed the journey of it. So that's why I, I like now choosing and shifting my mindset around what are things that I can do for ten, twenty, thirty years. Like what are those goals so that I can always be in that pursuit of it. Okay. So
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I I relate to that and I understand. Have that. you
1: found something like that?
0: I would say I don't know if entirely to your degree. So, for example, I I shifted away from jump roping just cuz I wanted to get back into weightlifting for fitness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't want to like just never go back to it. I actually want to go back to it kind of soon and do it again. But for me it was reaching a point where I was I had my goals for the jumping rope and I achieved a lot of them. I had a big one that I hit near the end of college that was I didn't know if you know, I didn't know if I could do it, but I just kept jumping rope and I hit my benchmark. Then it got to a it started to get to a point where I was thinking, "Okay, how much how much more goals do I really need? Like, yeah. <laughs> I get, if that makes sense, I was like, at what end? Because I was like, what I'm doing now, I can't be burning much more calories if I tried. <laughs> uh, and I can't, I could up the weight and that was probably like on the ropes. That was probably going to be what I was going to do next before I switched. But it just it was getting to a point where I was thinking, okay, what I'm putting into this I kind of want to get, imba- I, w- I started to want different things for my body. So I just shifted away from it because I thought, oh, you know what? I actually want to build more muscle and doing jump rope routines, intense jump rope routines where it, it's kind of hard to fit in other body weightlifting workouts. It wasn't going to service that new goal I had. So it wasn't, it's, I guess I'm trying to relate that to running an Ironman. I guess I didn't. I haven't lost interest because I love it, but I kind of realized it wasn't serving what I wanted to get out of physical exercise anymore. If that makes sense, the
1: net benefit of doing that specific exercise didn't. What wasn't higher than the cost, basically. Kind
0: of. Yeah, I guess essentially. I guess. Well, also you've migrated too. I guess I was just thinking trying to relate is there something that i just want to keep doing and doing and doing and never 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 stop Mm -hmm. because i had that in jump jumping rope for a while but then i i have i don't really i haven't done it in like probably a couple months now because i was just realizing i want to do other things for physical exercise i didn't really have a lot of time and if anything that that was deterring from my new goals i just i I guess I just wanted new things. Yeah, which is
1: completely fine. And I, and yeah. and connecting this all to living in the past, that is one of the hardest things that you're touching on, is you got a lot of enjoyment out of doing it in the past. But it's okay to be in a new phase, a new season of life where that happened during that season, and then it was amazing. But reliving that same those same actions might not get you the same feeling as it did originally. So doing an Ironman might, it's a lot of work and it might not get me the same adrenaline rush and endorphin kick that I had initially. So yeah, that's, that's a kind of a a balance equation that everyone has to figure out for themselves on if there's something I enjoyed doing in the past, is it something I want to revisit because I really want that feeling again? And Mm -hmm. am I just doing it to say I have, I've I'm back in this or because I truly enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I've been thinking, I'm just thinking while you're talking too, of you know sometimes I think it's okay to switch things up or go on different paths. You don't need to be an Iron Man runner for the rest of your life, or swimmer and biker and runner. but <laughs> that that's not you don't need to lock yourself into that just because yeah, it's something you love, but you don't need to keep doing it, and it's okay to switch it up and try new things.
1: Yeah. Great. I think is great, a big thing. Great point you bring up. So I w- I've been thinking about this is look at it as sort of a, a, a tree. Okay. So your, your main goal is the, the stem of the tree, like that, that one. Thing. Okay. But you can break off and do a bunch of little things, you know, and that's kind of how I'm looking at the things I want to pursue and it's a mix of do the one thing that you love if you if you love what you do you never work a day in your life that's that's kind of the the tree that's the stump and then all these other little things going out with your friends and traveling going to europe uh skydiving paragliding wakeboarding all these are the r- little branches that go off so mm-hmm. I want to find that one thing and I think I'm starting to find it. I'll keep you updated. (laughs) Sounds good. I want to find that one thing that I love doing but that also gives me the flexibility to say, oh, wow, this looks really cool. That's something that humans have created or that's in nature that I want to go explore. And it could be a... One, two year exploration where I'm doing, where I'm growing off of the tree and it's a big limb or it could be a little tiny little spurt. It's like, nope, I tried that. Not for me. And that's okay.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people, especially, I mean, older people like our parents, I think a lot of their stems become their families. Mm. And that's because that's what they love and that's what they do and i know a lot of people that do have family at their stem are really happy yeah and all of a sudden these the goals the other goals that you have not that they become irrelevant and a, a lot of family people still have hobbies and things like that that they still love to do but at the end of the day they're now it's, they're not doing what they're doing because they love what they're doing. They're, they start to do what they do for their family. Cause all of a sudden we're in a place right now. Sorry. i have just been thinking, I just I'm think about this all at once, but you and I, especially we just have ourselves to really worry about right now. You know, we're both living on our own. We don't have a currently, we don't have a partner. Like we don't have girlfriends right now. And we don't have going forward. We don't have fiancé's, we don't have kids, and we don't have people that we're responsible for or people that we'll share mutual responsibility with. So right now, the center, the stem of our lives, of this tree that we've created, is very very self-driven and self-focused on our goals, which I do think is a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But for instance, I can... I can obsess over things like acting because I'm the only person I'm looking out for right now. And I think maybe down the line, as much as I love it so much and I just want to learn more and more, I have a class tomorrow night and I'm legitimately so excited for the class tomorrow night. I can't wait. I wish it was tonight. Like That's kind of where I'm at with that. It's been awesome. But I do think one day I would hate to get to the very end and even say I'd be, say I've just become a really good actor or like I've I've gone to a place where I am so proud and satisfied with my craft. Where I, like I'm like, oh, my God, I love this and I have keep improving. I've gotten so, so good. Right, let's just say I become the best ever. Let's just like let's just say I become the best ever. I would hate even though I love that, I would hate that to be my one purpose yeah. and for that to have been my STEM the entire time. I think I would love for eventually my STEM to be a family. And while that's acting as still something I absolutely love, I wouldn't want that to be my number one only focus. I, I would love to have something bigger some, uh, you know, I'd love to share, share with other people. I'd love to be responsible for other people. I actually think that that's one humbling, but also I think it, it just gives new meaning. And I I feel like it's the meaning it's, I, I can't explain that at a supernatural level, but there's just something about, to me, the idea of bringing new people in this world and getting to impart the life lessons that I have learned through my experiences continuing the lessons that I've learned from my parents that they learned from their parents and their parents before them and then letting them forge their own paths too and learn for themselves while taking in the care and the I guess wisdom that I'll have gained by the time I'm caring for them and watching them grow and just wanting to see them do their best but also them getting to navigate and decide things for their own and decide how they want to live their lives and then they can pass that down. I guess I'm talking at a legacy standpoint. Yeah. But th- that there's so much meaning in that to me. And I almost think none of my passions surpass the importance of that for me.
1: I've a I'm going to take a stab at this analogy because I think it it could mm-hmm. be. So maybe your stem when you're younger is think of the, the the interior as your stem and then the bark there's two components of of that growth so in the beginning your your the the core of your tree is growing towards what you love to do and the people you meet and bring with you along that journey are the bark so they're they're protecting you and they're growing with you and they're they're coming along for your journey But as you reach this new stage of life, and uh, a great book on this is From Strength to Strength by Arthur C. Brooks, is you almost go through this transition where maybe the bark becomes the core, and then what you do is now in support for those people.
0: Yeah, I like that. And that's, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do really like that at least. And I like to say this a lot on these episodes, but that's at least what I like. That's what I think I want my tree to be, but I don't know if that's the, that's, I'm not saying, I think that's the definitive tree, you know, that everyone should have. But as, as we've been talking, I feel like that's pretty on the right track. And, as far as the family and kids stuff go, I don't want any of that anytime soon. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime (laughs) soon. Like not even kind of, I I almost want another 10 years of not, not just being on my own, but before really committing to that, because I also, I want to, I want to take a swing at life and take a swing at my passions. And it's just, it's just the truth that, Having a family at a young age where, especially when you're not ready to, you're not in a place where you're happy with the things that you're doing or ready to support financially, it's going to get a million times harder to reach those aspirations that you have. If you all of a sudden have more people to take care of, that's just, that's just logical, you know? Just wrap it, John. (laughs) (laughs) that's <laughs> not it's not it's not what i'm saying i guess that, I'm is, <laughs>
1: you. that i
0: mean maybe i guess i am in a weird way saying that, <laughs> that i shouldn't get anybody pregnant <laughs> which obviously i i'm saying even if if I met like the most you want to wait perfect amazing girl tomorrow, I want to wait is what I'm I saying. Know, I'm like, I, with you. <laughs> obviously, I don't want any accidents to happen,
1: <laughs> but
0: <laughs> but I'm saying I, I wouldn't I don't want that like until down the line. Yeah. At least now, uh, people say you. It's when you don't, when you aren't looking for stuff, that's when it finds you. So who who knows what I'll be saying in five years? But
1: you hear me. But that's <laughs> maybe you just show up in your door. <laughs> yeah,
0: but yeah, but yeah. Eventually, I want those things, and it's funny. A lot of people, my I know a lot of people, especially girls that I've known, and they say kids is the last thing they want, which I totally get because, especially at the time, like being twenty or whatever, like. Especially for girls, they're actually carrying a child and going through life-permanent body changes, of course. But, oh. but they would say even down the line, and I heard, I've heard multiple people say this, guys and girls, just people I know. I said, I don't want to bring a child into this effed-up world.
1: Ooh, interesting. That's... Mm.
0: I totally disagree with it, personally. Is
1: ooh, that's a hard one? <laughs> because
0: really, okay, well,
1: I want to hear your thoughts. So yeah, my thoughts on this are: Are you going to deprive the your future offspring's the chance to figure out life for themselves? And granted, they're they're not born yet or or whatever, but you got the opportunity. Are you going to deprive someone that could have that? The the chance to figure out life for themselves and navigate this world or help make an impact on this world? I mean, I, I know this is an extrapolation, but take Elon Musk's mother. Ah, I didn't want to have a kid because I didn't want to bring him into this f up world. But yeah, it's it's a risk. <laughs> so bad things happen Mm -hmm. to good people but good people also do incredible things so i i disagree with that yeah
0: yeah i i totally disagree with that
1: because it's not our responsibility to bear child so sure
0: yeah that that too (laughs) i've heard guys that i know say this as well and yeah and also if if you don't want to have kids, then you shouldn't have kids. Like, so I, I'm not saying that if you don't want to have kids, you actually should want to,
1: it's the reason you don't want to have
0: kids. Then you won't be a good parent. If you have kids and you don't want to have, you know what I mean? You just, you probably won't be an amazing parent if it's not something you want. For me, it's something I know I want down the line. Like I, something that I really want down the line. And, and yeah, like you said, it is a risk. It always is, right? But I don't think that that's a a very... That's a really pessimistic way to look at things in general. It's, a, it's, it's very cynical, in my opinion, to say there's no point. Or if, if the real reason is, like, I would love to have kids, but this world is fucked. So I don't want to bring in life to this world that we live in. This is a terrible world that we live in.
1: Yeah. I'm going to...
0: That's pretty cynical to me. Uh, and I also... I, that may not be the full reason either that when people say that.
1: Yeah. You I'm going gonna, gonna to twist a quote here. It's from Sean Puri. He's, a, he's an investor and runs a podcast. But his quote is, cynics get to be right. Optimists get to be rich. And the first part of that phrase, I think, always applies because mm-hmm. cynics get to be right if you're cynical about something. And it doesn't happen or it does happen, then you can always be like, yep, told you so. But having enthusiasm and optimism in life is so refreshing and that's what I'd love to look for in people because they have the perception that despite the negativity that gets blasted everywhere, they're like, yeah, but look at the upside. I think that's just that's that's just such a better way to look at life. Is yeah. Screw all the negative stuff that's happening. Let's focus on what could happen if everything works out great.
0: Well, think about this too. Would you, looking back on life now, would you have rather have not existed and experienced anything? Because that's the other option, right?
1: Yeah. No. (laughs) I every day I I would take (laughs) life instead of
0: nothing. (laughs) Like pre, especially pre-existence. You know, just nothing. Like I. So when people, when I've heard that argument, that that was where my head went. Well, okay. So just yeah, that that's the example. I was just thinking. I would rather. Yeah, I would rather have lived than not lived at all. And I've I've gone through some tough shit in life. It's not all it hasn't been all amazing sunshine and rainbows. I've I've had some hardships. I've faced some sadness and some depression and a ton of uncertainty. Still we have uncertainty every day, still today. Plenty of stress. Yeah, things are hard. And life is hard, but I would take those hardships over over nothing. And, and also because I've also had some amazing moments in life where the hardships, in my opinion, are worth it. That's just how life is. It's not a life with no hardship, with no hardships is also just not much of a life in general. Yeah. So I, I think it's worth it in the long run. I'm literally, oh. <laughs> we're literally talking about, is it worth it? Is existing worth it? That's essentially oh, yeah. what I'm saying. that's I mean, <laughs> kind of funny. Now I'm realizing what we're discussing. So
1: this will get a little religious, but. I, I'm not totally set on this belief that there's an afterlife, you know, because Mm -hmm. we don't remember, or we can't remember anything from when we weren't born. And as far as we know, that's exactly what it's like after we die, is like you, your cognitive function leaves. So what do you have? So that's why I think moving through life and and making decisions that are are your choices are so much more freeing and getting back to what we talked about at the beginning like if you don't like the situation you're in you have all the cognitive ability to change it yeah it's just you gotta go do it
0: (laughs) yeah you don't
1: always Mm. I don't know I think you do.
0: What if, what if you're in prison and you don't want to be in prison anymore?
1: Well, then that's your choice. You, you fucked up. You made the choice to sacrifice whatever to lose your freedom.
0: <laughs> yeah, what yeah. if you were wrongfully convicted of a crime you didn't commit?
1: Ooh, tough. Yeah.
0: That just sucks. You didn't do the crime. And you're in jail, let's say it's like you murdered a million people. what <laughs> I'll, just, I'll make it absurd I'll make it absurd okay. let's, let's say you murdered let's say you murdered a thousand people. That was, that was what you got convicted of, and you've never heard a fly okay. and then and then you're in jail for life and and you're thinking to yourself, "I'd rather not be in this situation." <laughs> start get a spoon and start digging. <laughs> Yeah, you could always try, but I mean, if you have murdered a thousand people, you're probably in the most secure prison hold there is. Yeah. You also might get the death penalty, but <laughs> let's just say you got life in prison. Let's just say that's what you got. <laughs> you you might—that's a situation you couldn't necessarily get out of.
1: Okay. Yes, it does. Okay. I, I, what if you—what
0: if you get murdered? <laughs> you can't get out of getting murdered.
1: You're dead. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking on these <laughs> extreme levels. <laughs> but, yeah. If, I mean, still, though, I, I, I will... And people are probably going to be like, what the heck? No, how do you say that? Yes, bad things happen to people that you cannot change. But I will argue that the, the people... Say the prisoner. You chose to also put yourself in that situation. Yeah, so let's say if you're saying the person did murder a thousand yes. people. Yes, or if they were wrong, wrongfully convicted, there is something that they did at some point in their life that put them in a situation where they could be. So whether it's association.
0: Wait, so you still blame the wrongfully convicted person for being at the wrong time? No, place I'm not the blaming them. I'm not
1: blaming them. No, no, no. But there's definitely a, a series of choices that they've made to get there. You know? Gotcha. And yes, that's, I'm I'm not arguing that's, that's like. Fair or right. that's not right at all. I don't want to get that confused. Like, "Ah, tough (laughs) man, you put yourself there. (laughs) You,
0: you chose to be right by the crisis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You idiot.
1: (laughs) So yes, of course, there, there are some things that you cannot avoid that it's just like, wow, that, that, that was just shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like tough man yeah i'm not saying that i i think it's more of to the person that is that did put themselves in that situation that is their fault that is their ownership i i you can't you can't explain the the mishaps that are damn a freaking meteor came down and hit you like why were you standing there? It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, really? <laughs> but anyway.
0: Uh. Yeah. But in tra- okay. Also, just tragedy does happen, yeah. you know? Like, it, you lose things. That's no one's fault. You know, think about parents that have lost their kids to school shootings. That was... <laughs> Everything Nothing they
1: did. for a reason. <laughs> 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 I, remember
0: that I remember that episode, and I was thinking of all these kinds of scenarios yeah. in my head.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes, tragedy is yeah, baked into the life. Tragedy
0: <laughs> happens. Yeah, tragedy is a and it sucks. I think, and it's really hard, especially when you put all of especially losing family, losing your kids, losing your parents at a young age that's really hard to get through and to remember that there's still hope. That's the biggest thing, right, that can get you through that stuff. And obviously stuff like grieving and that entire process, but it's finding that hope and finding that drive to persevere. That's really fucking hard. I haven't experienced anything like that before. Yeah, That's so hard to get through. That's really admirable if you accept it still you're never that's nothing you can never truly move on from i'd imagine yeah and also still have hope and still persevere and push forward and move forward moving forward is really hard to do sometimes yeah and in terms of
1: tragedy and grief i mean i think i've thought about this more because i've thought about death a little bit more Mm -hmm. but like preparing yourself or trying to prepare yourself for those situations You'll never be fully prepared to lose, prepared to lose someone, but right now, and I mean, hopefully, way, way down the line, I'll be able to speak back to this. But the way I'm approaching it is, I'm going to be appreciative of the time that those people were with me. Mm-hmm. And I think so far that that has just made my outlook on time and spending time with people that much more important is because when I look back after someone passes, I want to be able to remember those things and I don't want to regret the, the one-off chance that, oh, I could have spent one more time with this person, you know? Yeah.
0: I also, some, what I think about death I this is a mindset that I've just when I'm thinking in Jackland, if you will. <laughs> uh, I, I I like to think, what if I died? Like, what I put myself in perspective of the person dying, and let's just say I could be gone, but I could look, I could peek in to what's going on here after I'm gone, and I, I think what would I want to see of the people close to me? I would want them to push forward. You know, I want my parents to push forward and still find happiness, and my siblings and family. If I had kids, I would. I'd, I'd want the world for them. I wouldn't want them to just be sad about me being gone all the time. Yeah, that, you, you know, may, maybe a couple tears at the funeral when it's still fresh. <laughs> I, I would.
1: <laughs> a nice speech maybe here. I,
0: <laughs> a, yeah, maybe some, maybe some nice speeches <laughs> of how awesome I was. Peace, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And if it's only natural for people to grieve. I, I wouldn't want people to just, I wouldn't be like, stop worrying about me. I'm dead. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's what I, what I would say if I could talk to people. But I would I would want them to get through it so much and want them to push forward. I want them to continue having hope. That's what I would want if I passed. So, and I, I have a feeling for the people close to me, if they passed, they'd want the exact same things. Yeah. They wouldn't want me to stop. They wouldn't want me to give up or to, you know, just lose hope. I, I like, started asking myself, what's the point if they're gone? I know for a fact that people close to me would Even, like, when they're gone, I know they would want me to still push forward. That's
1: why I think death is almost... I think a lot of people have, naturally, have a, a bad thought of it because of the emotions that will come immediately after. But I think it's also a very freeing thing once you once you realize what it is because Mm -hmm. you personally you have the mindset of like i know one day i will pass so what's what are the things that i want to be i want those who i'll have the biggest impact on to remember me for and what things do i know i want to do in the time that i have here so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And also,
0: I want to. This is another thing I thought of. Back to tragedy. Dealing with that would be a lot. It would be a lot harder. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially if it was if someone did something to someone I cared about, like to my family. Like I would want to go full count of Monte Cristo and <laughs> revenge. You know, I know I'd get those thoughts. I want to hunt that person down. If someone if someone did something to someone that there was no reason for it, you know, I would, that would be so hard. I, I would really struggle with that. <laughs> I, I'd probably need therapy I'm not kidding. I'd probably need therapy for something like that. Jax. If I, if someone took someone from me and there was no reason for, you know what I mean? It's just reasonless. Yeah. And they just ended someone's life earlier than it needed to be ended. Oh my God. I'd want to hunt that person down. Well, I
1: think this is actually a good thing to wrap up on too, because that's, it's I guess an aspect of living in the past, and yes it this is a very hard thing of living in the past, but it did happen in the past, especially if there was no reason, and there's nothing you you can or could have done about it and immediately in the short term, yes, you're going to feel so much anger and revenge and hate. I don't think that gets you anywhere. You know? Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I We've seen a lot of movies about yeah. this as well. Yeah. And, and,
0: I, <laughs> and I referenced the Count of Monte Cristo. The book is about falling into revenge and how that can
1: really corrupt your soul. Yeah, because your 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 driving force is behind something that happened in the past. So if you were to get revenge or 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 whatever it is that you need. It's all based on something that happened in the past, which is depriving you from the present and the future. And I know that's... Trust me. I know this is way easier said than done. But I think it's good to talk about because it puts people... It it allows us to maybe have a different framework when, or if, that time ever does happen.
0: It'd be... I'll say this. I feel like if that did happen to me, and I, even hearing all of this, it might, maybe it would help if I went back to this episode and listened to me say it again. But even hearing this, it, it's still hard. Like, oh, yeah. 100%. You, feel how you, you feel how you feel. So even if you do know I shouldn't be feeling these things, it's only natural to be feeling sadness, anger thirsty for vengeance yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you've been wrong if you've been wronged all of those it's gonna happen like like you said you can't fully prepare for those things if tragedy does happen i know i'm gonna feel those things because it's just natural to feel those things even if i know i shouldn't or that in the long run those aren't healthy things to feel it's gonna happen yeah it's just how long you allow it to happen and when to let go I'm just thinking of all the, the movies and
1: because
0: <laughs> that, that's a lot of villain origin stories, oh, yeah. you know, trying to take revenge on something that happened in their past and going down that going down a path where they're doing the exact same things and they're losing themselves.
1: Yeah, I think the villain uses the, that energy in the long run for bad and then it, it can also be a start of a hero story. The hero uses that yeah. energy for good. Think of, think of yeah. Batman. I was just about to say Batman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, obviously.
0: Because he, he, I mean, he's interesting because if anyone doesn't know Batman, that's crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> Go watch Batman. But, <laughs> but real quick, he, he's a guy who his parents were murdered in front of him when he was like, what, seven or eight or nine. Yeah. And he obviously faces PTSD to this day because he dresses up like a bat and fights crime. And some of the stories in the comics get into the psychology of that, but he drew that line of the no killing, which is why it's a little ridiculous in media when you know a superhero is fighting these bad guys. Like you're like, oh yeah, that guy probably died, but <laughs> the, <laughs> when he threw that batarang into his eye. <laughs> but in the reason that that's there and that's a thing is thematically, his not no kill rule is what keeps him from losing himself completely Yeah, and not crossing that line, which is a really, it's a really, because he doesn't want to inflict the pain, re-inflict the pain that someone inflicted on him of murdering the parents. He doesn't want to continue that cycle, you know, that snowball effect, that cycle of, you know, I got hurt, so I'm going to hurt. He instead says, I got hurt, I'm going to, use this pain to protect people from not having to feel what I had to feel and stop the bad from happening.
1: Yeah. I think, I, um, actually, he said,
0: that's what, he's such a cool, interesting character. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the psychology of that. But yeah. And then the anti hero, it was what I would call the count of Monte Cristo. He does choose to like, I was hurt. So I want to hurt and get revenge yeah. And, and he, that's his justification. But when you're reading that book or any revenge story, like, Taken, when Liam Neeson's, you know, trying to get his kid back who got, like, who got kidnapped into human trafficking, you, you watch him kill those guys, and you're like, hell yeah, kill those guys. Because yeah. <laughs> they did, it's, they're a part of the most inhumane thing that you can pretty much do beside, you know, like, that's at the top. Yep. <laughs> so, you, you're, those are, those are anti-heroes because you're like, yeah, they deserve it fuck him. I'm on this guy. So I get it. You know, you, you can get it, but just, and, and obviously those movies work for, well, especially yeah. taken that works for what it is, but the theme, that's not the theme. Taken goes, Taken just goes, yeah, you want him to kill these guys and get his daughter back. So he kills these guys and get his daughter back. And it's awesome. <laughs> but count of *Monte Cristo* It really gets into how he is losing himself throughout the story of his, of his track for vengeance, which is, I think was, which made that such an interesting story It's one of the few books i actually read in high school
1: that was a good book actually
0: yeah that was legitimately a good book and yeah and that story's it's been done in different ways and things like that and it's all it's always good it's always interesting
1: always a good storyline to follow well yeah should we wrap yeah, it yeah <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say if you have anything else but i think i guess to wrap it is like you have to choose to learn the lessons from your past, instead of letting the situations and experiences consume you,
0: let the past die. <laughs> kill it, kill it if you have to. <laughs> that's that. that's from a that's from a movie. Uh, what, what movie? <laughs> that's from Star Wars. That's Kylo Ren. Oh, that's I, I, I yeah. That. I think he. Clay, I know Clayton still listens to our episodes. So he's gonna understand that reference. <laughs> no one else listening is. <laughs> Uh. But I mean, to a degree, I, I would disagree with, with "let it die." I love how I'm taking this reference seriously now. <laughs> but I agree with what you were saying about the past.
1: <laughs> let the bad feelings die of the past.
0: Yeah, or or continue to push forward. Yeah. Other way. Never move. I where where else to move but forward? Exactly. And I yeah. think that's and that's the that's the line is when you try to move back too much. Yeah. You can still revisit without going backwards
1: reminisce learn from the lessons and then move forward yeah all right
0: it's all about it's all about moving forward keep moving forward oh man patrick how are we moving forward with well-rounded wealth content uh keep it do you see that segue i I love it i love it great job we're getting better at this stuff yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) um not many new updates i mean we're kind of just pushing through the end of the year. Um, yeah. With the holiday
0: season, I think it's going to be pretty Yeah, what we've been doing, more of what we've been doing yep. for the rest so of the year.
1: Hopefully still talking about brainstorming changes for the next year, but uh, we're in this for the long run, and I love talking about this kind of stuff with you, man, and enjoy these episodes, so uh, yeah. glad. What are we titling this?
0: I don't I know. G- I guess still the past, but we talked about a lot.
1: We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> We'll figure it out. We'll just put... You'll
0: you'll know by the time you're here. It'll be (laughs) on Spotify with a title. (laughs) So whatever you're seeing is what we decided. Um, But yeah, and also uh, doing the drill. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. It always means so much. Um, And yeah, always feel free to reach out. Um, I had a couple people reach out very recently about our last episode. So thank you for reaching out. It's always great to hear. We had a good conversation. And yeah, and also... If you're new here or haven't done it yet, feel free to like the episode, like the podcast, follow the podcast, follow us on Instagram, do all that good stuff. It really, it helps us get the word out there more, as you guys know. And yeah, I think a lot of you guys have, because we've gotten a lot of, a lot of follows on Spotify and Apple. So thank you guys so much. And yeah, uh, keep in contact with us and we'll be posting more bi-weekly. We'll continue it going and we're so excited about the future.
1: All right. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. (laughs)